0: the talk this evening I'll try to um, cover and touch upon some of the uh, aspects of the suggestions which were made and and since some of them applied particularly our relationship to the world and that relationship outside of ourselves in including the contact with people and with young people including a non-violent relationship to life and what we can or can't take responsibility for. And in in any of these areas, obviously the very first, first step and the center piece of all of this is awareness. And with awareness placing that very much at the center, then there is real and genuine hope for us as people to be able to take steps in life and to be able to take particularly clear and decisive steps. And I feel if, if there is the the groundwork for taking these, taking steps and seeing, what is the next clear step that I have to take? We can get begin to get a sense of what that means in all forms of human relationship. All, all forms of interaction with each other this this taking of of steps also implies very much with it of course the taking of responsibility and I feel and I mentioned the word a night or two ago that it has a, as it were a twofold aspect to it there is the area of responsibility the normal use of the word and With the frequency of use of such a concept, very easily, responsibility comes to be, in the course of time, a pressure upon a person and one feels responsible for. And when that is there, in any form of area of work, in the area of parenting, in the area of a commitment to to something, Gradually, that responsibility begins to weigh down on the individual. And of course, with that kind of weight, there tends to come the reaction to it of either not wanting to be responsible or wanting to be irresponsible as an escape, as an alternative to the facing of the pressure of responsibility. Whereas if we look at f- look at this uh, word from the other side of the willingness to and the f- and the finding of ways to actually um, be able to respond, it ta- to me it takes and reduces some of the pressure, and just as we just as we had today the situation of when we. Um, did the go-round in the room behind. And as we went from one to another, nearly all of you, if not all of you, in areas which require the ability to respond. And how easily pressure and tension has occurred, which has uh, produced, what we use, burnout and exhaustion and, and usefulness of coming here for renewal. So looking at where there is a sense in one's life of responsibility, what's, what's actually my relationship to that kind of feeling and thought which is arising? And this ar- area, too, is very much, um, I would say, connected with the feelings and the aspirations and, and the difficulties, but difficulties particularly, that young people have. And as it was in one of the question answer sessions th- the other day when we had a, a little discussion about it, a feeling, especially in England, where, the, where these young people are faced with definite economic hardship, though getting a nominal kind of support from the state, Faced at being at home day in and day out, no no work to go in in a, a very gray kind of climate and so what happens that out of that they t- need to find and ways and means to express themselves and one of the most noticeable forms for that of course, is via music, and music plays in a tremendously important part in a, in a many a young person's life it's their vehicle for communication and it's also their vehicle for uh, release and I have you know, mentioned a few times in England that uh, although I don't um, um, uh, um, have a television though my my daughter is extremely keen on them um, <laughs> uh, that probably the best television program on the week in, in, in Britain, and there's not m- much on offer, um, is one called Top of the Pops. This is uh, a program where the um, top um, songs of the week are played, the top 10 or top 15 with the bands playing or, or with a video. And it's probably the only opportunity that young people have who have a, a bit of a catharsis in their front room in, for half an hour a week anyway while listening to this music. And the rest of the time for, the, for them, it's a, a situation which there is few outlets. And one of the things which, I w- just want to speak a little bit about the music here, one of the things which has evolved is that things in the field of music, I mean, for young uh, people, um, um, has changed considerably from the 60s, and it's very easy to get into a time warp with music, and think that the Beatles and uh, the Stones and Joan Baez and Bob Dylan, and then there hasn't actually been anything after after that. You know <laughs> You know that. You know, that um, you know. You know. You know. Is there life after? You know after the Mick Jagger <laughs> 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 and music itself, not i don't mean the the, the general um, pop and uh, all of that field, but um, music which is uh generates something out of the young young uh, people is ex- expresses something which and I think particularly with the um very important era of punk music expresses more in clear terms how life is out on the streets. What life is like being unemployed, being being on the the dole and there's an aggression certainly which is there and punk music was formed and, and came out of the, out of protest And that protest has taken different forms, and one may not appreciate it very much, but it's much more black and white statements about reality. And it's quite a different feel and quality to it than the music that we perhaps brought up on, which was tended to be very lyrical, uh, uh, with um, uh, poetic nuances within it. And so this this movement took place within the the late seventies, and so if one wants to connect with young people and know where they're coming from, one has got to connect via the music it's a a, a major a major a ve- vehicle there <coughs> and this this a- area it's like one of the many sense fields many divisions which take place in which we get separated from other people sometimes like I was speaking the other evening out of fear, out of mistrust out of anger but sometimes also out of not understanding to actually understand where somebody else or others are coming from this to me seems very important and when in, when one speaks so much in Dharma and practice, one, one speaks so much of the here-now reality. And we put a great, great deal of care and attention to the here-now reality. We make it the focus of the Dharma, the focus of the application. But that here-now reality, with responsibility, with goodwill, with humor, with the, influence of the influences of the past and the present with the karma, that here-now reality has to be explored in all of its functions. It may not be appropriate to go into every aspect of the here-now reality, but it's in a way it has to go further than just what the content is in the present. And in that it includes the political, it includes the social, it includes the personal, it includes the religious, it includes the spiritual, it includes young people, it includes old people. So a a life of exploration and and awareness may well focus in a particular way on on reality. But as our consciousness begins to open up with the interest that comes through it we begin to look and find ourselves interesting and acting upon things which we see more clearly and directly. It's as though that looking in our life and looking at our relationship to life we have to find within this dynamic and process of life a vehicle for communication. We have to find something which feels suitable inwardly, which you and I can apply and direct, and we have to find the ways and the means to be able to do that. It's as though that our heart and our care and our concern, whatever field that may be, it doesn't matter matter whether one is in prison, because that's the vehicle that one has come through, or while or whether one is a, a parent looking after a child, or a child looking after a sick parent. Whatever the means that we, that we find in life, it seems that we have to find open the heart, therefore the spiritual. The opening of the heart is not enough in itself just to have an open heart. We have to find a vehicle, a means to, to transmit that out into this world. Now, quite a few people here, quite a few of us, have, through our own interest and focus, found a way and me- ways and means to do that. Sometimes it's through education and school, sometimes it's through ordination, sometimes it's through um, commitment to a, p- a particular group or whatever. So, but through this opening of the heart, we find that means, that expression, outwardly sometimes we find that we need to develop more resources, more ways and means to be able to do that. So that we we look, how can I do that inwardly? How can I do that outwardly? In in a way, if it's... um, uh, Gavin, is it okay if I relate a little bit of this conversation we had? Thanks.: um, Gavin is um, uh, a good friend, and, and to some degree or other, it, it bears, bears light on this uh, inwardness, vehicle and means. Gavin um, is a, a good friend um, of uh, IMS has done long-term practice here, and they regularly uh, lean on him to become a manager here which he is dutifully resisting. And uh, after p- spending some time here <laughs> at, at the center, he, um, um, he went back home, back to South Africa. And like many areas and countries and places in life, we hear the word and almost instant, I mean for, certainly for me, almost instantaneously here south africa and the image division racism separation apartheid it just comes you know almost with the with the very con content so gavin um returned home some months ago after spending a period of time here and and also with us um, in, uh, in England, and went to an, um, an area in Zululand where his parents live on the coast, where they have, have retired. And not so far away from there is a uh, township, a black township, and a, a school. And the school is short by our standards, desperately short of some of its basic needs, basic materials, and Gavin went up to this school and even just making that, going from one area and, and walking up the, to this area, this mountain, into a, a, a black area, in, in that alone, for people, for white people, would, given the tension of, and very understandably pre- out, bring out fear and concern. Then Gavin was, was t- telling me, I was asking him a, a lot of uh, questions there about South Africa, that he went to some of the white schools and he went to speak to the headmasters and he said to the headmasters, hey, look, you're complaining about not having enough videos in computers. Up at that school, on that mountain where those black children are, there are 80 children in a class and they don't even have electricity. And there was no, there wasn't the knowledge, the people didn't even know that there was this, there was this divide of that kind of order in their own area. And yet the response from the people, the the local people, the, the white people, was such that the generosity and the giving started to come out, and truckloads of equipment and and uh, provisions started to g- make its way up to that mountain. This brought out a response from the from the the, the black community there, who brought gifts, who brought fruit, who, who who wanted to share something, and so this gap between those by the coast at the bottom of the mountain and those at the top began to be bridged at a real grassroots level. And one of the more touching aspects I felt of uh, what Gavin was telling me was of his own the response from his own father who thought Gavin was absolutely stark raving mad to actually start making a small contribution to making the, the bridge there and assume that anything like that, that the uh, more militant, violent-minded amongst the black community would immediately burn down the school in, in rage and didn't want anything to do with what was taking place. And yet, and all of this, of course, is built up once again, this division on fear mistrust, these two, I- two factors isolating. And lo and behold, something reached Gavin's father a, uh, who lived there in South Africa his whole life. And he went up there to the school and put in the bookshelves. <laughs> and and one of the uh, people there, what was the piece of fruit, Gavin, what was what, what was the, fr- right, brought his father as a, as a offering, as a, as a gift, as a present to his father who put these owls in this black school up the mountain and it, one enormous pumpkin. <laughs> and Gavin said his father was so delighted they gave it to me, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, and and a, and a bridge was being created quietly, and they had an open day. And in that open day, people shared and talked together and played music together and, and sang together. It, it, it's it's, 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 it's the, heart, the heart opens, one makes connection, one finds the vehicle. Now out of all of this, there's a long aspect to this, out of all of this, Gavin found himself giving some meditation instruction over uh, over a weekend in an area half an hour away from where the killings took place of 17 black people and as it's been found out you know 13 of them were shot in the back you know that 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 that, that the violence which took place there and he was giving it half an hour away at just around just after that time and and again, the, the deep felt concern of people, of white people, about what was happening, wanting to do something, wanting to bridge, but still the divide, the fear holding the mind up in spite of goodwill to reconnect after all these years. Hence, Gavin comes back, Heart heart open, the inner work which is so necessary there and then finding ways and means to explore that, explore vehicles and in our conversations one of the things which I had suggested and I think this sort of thing applies to all of us, it's not we're just taking the issue here is, is that communication and connection with and working with really is a key and that a key to that, if we're concerned with outer change, whatever skill it might be, whatever our activity, is organization. It's not just the individual, it's the individuals working with other individuals. You know, whe- whether it's as some like the nuclear freeze movement or for another to bring people in the helping professions together to do workshops together or it's giving su- support to some protest, and so that connecting with groups or with a particular group, learning the dynamics of the difficulty. As every ma- one of you know, who works in a group is often like a meditation practice. You know, it's it's painful, it's frustrating, it's boring. You think, God, when is this meeting going to be over? You know, it's the same mind you've had here the last eight days. <laughs> you know it's all too similar and meetings tend to tend to be like that as well you know sometimes the energy is there the focus is there get a lot of nourishment and then, and another time I'll never again not not going to have another evening like that you know it, so meditation and meetings you know they they, they go together beautifully <laughs> and so having exposure to meetings and working with them and sustaining oneself through all of that and perhaps some of you um, can uh, perhaps some of you can invite uh, Gavin to uh, some of the meetings which are engaged in um, bridging the divide and in, in, uh, working to organize to make peaceful protest or to express one's concern so that he has much more opportunity to experience that and I also have, been, um, in that respect, invited him in the summer if he wishes to lend a near on the interviews, providing the person feels okay. Very welcome. Just ways and means again to explore this the inner and the outer situation. So, it, all of this is area of responsibility. It's all, all in, in the area of learning from, all in the area of communication with, and there are many, many gestures heart open, find the vehicle Put, putting these two together all things in this world truly become possible and, and I know for myself in that area that I've been very, very much um, influenced by this uh, um, unusual and perceptive man Schumacher, who in his uh, writings, and of course the the classic and it's something of the, the uh, of a Bible for those in uh, the green movement is the theme is small is beautiful and and, and that you know, translates in, in, a, in a way our like everyday language in into think globally, act locally and, and that I find that that kind of theme is a tremendous a real tremendous balance for, for us because it, it gives one the sense, yes, locally, in different ways, I can make a contribution. And that sets the sea so that people collectively, grassroots level, are, and have and develop the feeling with life that we, can, we have the ability and we can respond to it. And if then, when that is possible, the shout of the people must start reaching and that shout will go right down into the corridors of power. Because they come out of our vote. They come out of our support, whether directly or through apathy. In, the, in our area of, of communication, there are, I think, important aspects uh, of that. And one of the areas which I feel can be very helpful and very u- useful, I- providing it is applied, is the area of reading. And, and I say this you know, reasonably aware of all the kind of dangers that there can be in reading, that we spend so much time doing that and gaining so much information, there's no energy left to do anything. You know, we kind of know a lot and are paralyzed simultaneously. And this y- discretionary um, use of reading can be very, very helpful. And, and helping, to see th- helping to see things in their context. You know, so some forms of, of reading are, I would say, um, directly inspirational. You know, they, they, one reads sometimes say the story of a, an individual. One might take some of the stories in, out of uh, out of the out of the Bible, of the prophets, of of Jesus. One might take the contemporary examples, and and they and they give us uh, some inspiration. Sometimes there there are a number of books which which are much more um, process orientated and the means-orientated, you know, one sp- thinks of Joanna's book, this Nuclear um, Despair and Empowerment in the Nuclear Age. M- forms of methods and techniques and ways that people can work together to open the heart. You know, books like um, Manual for a Living Revolution, full of methods and, and techniques which give one ways and means of working in groups, working alone. Part, part of that is finding how we can express, our, express ourselves. In a plus in the whole variety of books of communi- communication, I think this one some of you may know, I found very personally very helpful, is Eugene Kennedy's book on becoming a counsellor. Simple, clear, practical wisdom, all of which helps us to be able to listen and to respond to another and pick up the messages and in that we learn a great deal about ourselves in the, but we also learn a great deal about the value of communication and, and, and of course there are a number of people and certainly in this hall and know friends who have already um, over the years established a, a wide variety of, of, of group skills in it, and working and listening and and uh, communicating with with others, and much of, and in that much, as ever have truly have a long way to go because we've got to learn and find different forms. So this this process of the inner inner work, and as one of you mentioned um, in when we were uh, over there, how important that the inner and the outer finds its I- interrelatedness and its, and its interdependence. And in that, in that, in that finding of, of that, we begin to get, a, get more and more of a sense, as the, as the tradition or the lineage itself has emphasized this combining of wisdom with compassion. The two, what is referred to in the analogy, really as the two uh, wings of the Dharma. <laughs> N- not quite. Quite talk about reading here. Qu- quite recently, I was. Uh, reading a book by a man named uh, Trevor Ling who's an English professor and he wrote a book called simply titled The Buddha and in that he points out and, and shows and, and I feel this is a, a source in a way for uh, almost for encouragement at least for, at least for me um, he shows that when, when one takes the teachings in its original social reality one can truly speak of the Buddha, not only one who spoke about meditation and the extraordinary import of it, but spoke also about the application of a life of awareness and his the emphasis on non-violence. Not only non-violence in terms of not abusing people, not putting down people, not alienating people. That that One, one wouldn't call that violence, but one would call that in a way, a form of expression which leads to people retreating into themselves, or people feeling alienated, feeling hurt. And as a result, when that's put out again and again to some people, the result is that the fears and the aggressions and the violence come out of such people. Sometimes it gets, as it were, directed straight back to us, sometimes it comes out through other ways. And one has this sense in the original uh, text that the application of non, uh, non-violence is a theme for life, including the creatures, including the environment, even including the very intimately, very non-sentient nature. How easily we act roughly and grossly with so many things. So many things which we have. And learning that what we do have in life to use with care and to make things last, you know, the strong theme in Buddhism, to make things last, to to use things to, to live a life of a certain simplicity contributes to our energy, to our focus, to our own empowerment. It really, you give me a small example. I have, or um, facilitate, shall we call it, um, uh, a group or a, uh, a class um, um, in Totnes, in the town, and we meet as a group. There are about fifteen of us once a week. About, uh, um, and we're exploring inner and outer themes in, in different ways. And during, out of the group, I mean, out of the uh, meeting people have certain commitments which we which we have to do and those commitments change from um, meeting to meeting and one of the commit commitments was that um, each person gives away something which one has a value for let's go of something doesn't we have something very uh, 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 um, dramatic or anything, but to give away something which one has a, has a value for. To be able to let go and to give it to another freely and unconditionally. So this was one of the commitments that we had. And so each, each one of us agreed by this commitment and we gave up something. And practice to some degree. And awareness. As one notices, meditatively speaking so frequently, it's not so much getting it's more, in a way, giving up. It's more, in a way, the willingness to let go of. And we see this in a, vari- a variety of things. And that willingness, in different ways, enables that opening and that spaciousness to come from that. Sometimes we're giving up some of our leisure. Sometimes it's giving up some of the things that we that we interest us, that we would like to do. Sometimes it's, it's gi- giving up the pursuit of our career. Sometimes it's giving up um, living in a certain way. Sometimes it's giving up smoking, <coughs> giving up drinking, or whatever it might be. So the practice constantly, as we develop a uh, practice, does constantly challenge us. But in our letting go, and the difficulty of letting go, and the all that can come through it gives the heart mind an opportunity to open to find space through absence of and with with understanding it doesn't have to be a reactive thing or a negative thing in any way it's part of one's opening So in a way, as as uh, used in the tradition, there's a certain kind of pruning (coughs) which takes place, a certain kind of streamlining which takes place, so that one's whole being, and one's focus, and one's thoughts, and one's heart especially, and one's body, all of that becomes part of the vehicle, belongs to the means and very much included in the process. And when, it, when, when that is there in our commitment and our communication, then there's, a, then there's a, a letting go which is something else. There's a letting go which has, in the real appropriate meaning, of a surrender. Of a surrender into life, out of the love for it. And I mean, that is possible when we're working with that, when we're working for that, when we're working, working towards that. Then the fears which divide, because we've looked at our fears and we've worked within them, we've gone through them, we see the, 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 the falseness of them, we see the, 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 the mara of them, we, 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 we see the confusion of them. And because of working with and working through and making ourselves a vehicle, not a vehicle of I and something working through me and all that arrogance, but rather the, the giving into the rhythm of and connecting with the rhythm of life means that the openness and spaciousness becomes a vehicle in itself. And with us as people and as human beings. It's all possible. The potential, we know the potential, and we're here and we've been working with that potential which is endless. Never any goal, as I've so frequently mentioned, never any stopping-off point, never any finality. One can't place a limit on the limitlessness. One can't do that. One can't say, I have... I have arrived, there's a finality and therefore the finality makes it all things finite. Not in the teaching of the Buddha, never. So in our here and now, let's, when we're in our daily life, let us find ways and means to consider what the here and now is. What the here and now is of the social reality, of the personal reality, reality and our relationship to it. With an open heart, with a vehicle and then all is really possible. May all beings see into life. May all beings be in touch with life. May all beings see into reality